What's up, dirt bags? Welcome to episode 203 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and as always, I'm joined by my buddy Matt Deitch. What's going on, dude? Oh man, just uh, you know, being enjoying being here, man. Just enjoying being here. Yeah, uh, New Year. We're going national title uh, game tonight yeah. in football. Uh, Georgia's the, whooping TCU. Yeah, they're putting a mean hurting on them. Uh, going on as we're recording, uh, but South Dakota State comes away with the win. Comes away over North Dakota State. Uh, Battle of the Dakotas, and uh, um, you know, I, I I know we've got uh, listeners from South Dakota. I know we've got listeners from North Dakota. So we're not going to get uh, into it too much because uh, you know that's a pretty that's a pretty bitter bitter rivalry right there. Yeah, that it is. When you start talking about it, they. Uh, both schools take it seriously and i mean the little brother finally kind of came through and beat the big brother they've always kind of been not saying i'm an sdsu or an ndsu fan or anything like that but you know ndsu has always been the team that you know they've won how many national titles yep and uh sdsu could never seem to get by them or you know anything like that and it just seemed like it was sdsu's year i mean from the get-go Think about think about driving home from Frisco, Texas, for a North Dakota State guy. You have to drive through Brookings. Yeah, I think that they're. You're I think they're to, all. I think they're all taking a little bit of a detour and just kind of, you know. I think they're going to the bat. I, I think they're going to the to the gas stations and pissing on the floor. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. You know. Maybe it's one of those deals where, uh, um, you know. I, I I think going into it, North Dakota State probably felt a little bit like you know, eh, you know, this one this one might not be our year, but yeah. uh, who knows? Whatever, uh, not our deal. But uh, uh, this is a fishing podcast. So uh, Dakota Angler, uh, this episode is brought to you by Dakota Angler, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the very best bait shop in all of the land. Uh, go in there, uh, talk to the hike camp boys, talk to their helpful staff. Uh, these are guys that know what the hell they're doing. Uh, chances are they've been on the lakes. Uh, they'd be able to tell you, hey, this is what's working. This is where it's working. Uh, you know, uh, you're not going to uh, one of those big box stores where uh, uh, the person selling you the stuff probably hasn't even fished. Um, you know, the, these guys are knowledgeable. And uh, I saw that they've got aqua views on sale. They've got a, a plethora of shacks yet for sale. Uh, swing in there it's not too late to get a good deal yeah pick up your some uh dakota angler swag too they got some sweet looking sweatshirts that they're having on sale right now like a couple some heavy duty ones they all that always kind of are nice to go on under i think it's one of the you know pieces of clothing that's kind of underrated that people don't talk about when they're out ice fishing everybody's always rocking a a hooded sweatshirt it seems like the hoodie under your jacket yep you know sometimes so like when if you're if it's one of those nice days and you can pop the coat off and you can just sit there in your if you can got, have a heavyweight hooded sweatshirt on it kind of kind of is the deal and they have some yep. pretty nice looking ones i like that i like that a lot uh well, Matt, uh, uh, we actually had a pretty eventful uh, last weekend uh, on Friday. Uh, we got out fishing uh, with a slew of awesome people, uh, but uh, most notably uh, Dave Gens, uh, his daughter Kathy, uh, Don Cox and Zach came up from Mullen, Nebraska, uh, Cody um, Sherbert. 
Siebert. Sherbert. Sherbert. They, they, they said, they, the, when, when I asked him, how did you pronounce that? He said, well, some people say Sherbert. So it's Cody Sherbert. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're just going to say it because it's fun to say. But uh, they all came. And uh, the, the real cool part about uh, not only just hitting the ice with all those guys is they came to Lyon County. They fished with us on, on some of our own water. And, uh, you know, that that's what really made it extra special. Um you know, you, I, uh, my brother, Eric, uh, our buddy Topper, uh, you know, my buddy, Austin, uh, Ramrod. we all, we Ramrod, uh, we all got out and, uh, um, you know, it kind of started off a little bit slower. I'm not going to lie to you. When we got out there, it's like, holy moly, like, uh, you know, you, you, you get some of the best people, uh, in all of ice fishing, you know, to come here and fish your bite. And, uh, you know, if, if, if it doesn't happen, like, how do you explain that? And, right. um, uh, you know, the first little bit was kind of like, all right, all right. And, and we started making some moves and, uh, um, then we kind of started putting a pattern together. Uh, they just weren't where we had left them, uh, 10, 10, 12 days prior. And, uh, you know, that's, that's fishing, but, uh, uh, it was, it was kind of tough to get around out there, a lot of snow. And once we started punching holes, then there was a lot of slush and, and whatever, but, uh, uh, we made it happen. And, uh, I don't know how many, how many sunfish were caught over, over the 10 inch mark, but, uh, it was a good handful, probably yeah, two handfuls. A couple of you and Don both caught a couple of over a pound. You yep. Know, just yep. Eric fat. had a big one. Yeah. Eric Cody had a couple big ones. Um, yeah. So. Yep. No, there was some good ones. Uh, you caught a perch that uh, was uh, closing in on 14 inches. Yeah, it was uh, a pound and four ounces. Uh, you know, Kathy had caught another nice perch. A 24-inch yep. walleye was caught. Uh, Cody caught that. Lake Levon showed out. Lake and, the best, and, and you know what the best part, the best fish catches were? We're watching Don and Zach pull up those bass and oh, just yeah. be and just be as giddy as little kids. They loved every they were second. Smiling of it. and laughing. They're yep. like, I've never had a fish fight this hard. Yep. Zach <laughs> even even afterwards, Zach sent me a message, a picture of him and that smallmouth bass, a new PB through the ice. And it's just like, You are loving it, man. You're loving they it. They are. I mean, I really Bass think Masters. So. I mean, I the, those bass in the old sand hills better watch out because those guys are coming for them now. They're gonna put a mean hurt on them <laughs> figured out how fun it is battle of fish but uh no like i said lake levon uh did finally show out uh, uh we ended up having a nice meal of brats and then when we got back out there it had, it had really slowed down we could never really find them back but uh um it was fun it was a lot of fun and uh then that crew uh moved on to to kansas and uh fished down there but uh, I, I, golly, it was it was special just having that whole entire crew out there on the ice that day. Right. I mean, just sitting there, you know, the bite may not have been as good as what it was when we were there the week before. But just listening to the stories, the laughter, the camaraderie out there, like you say, there's nothing better than. I mean, grilling during the summer is good. I love to grill, but when you grill like brats or hot dogs or burgers or whatever out on the ice yep it doesn't it just taste a little bit better oh 100 percent. those one, were the I best think brats i had ever had one is i think because you know most of us don't eat a whole lot when we go there or we're right. fishing so you kind of get hungry and it's just like any food tastes good but there's just something about like standing out there like it's one of those where you take the bite of like the hot dog or brat whatever it is and it's like really hot 
and you're just doing the old kind of like <laughs> reverse blow, blow. <laughs> the reverse but blow. But it's so cold out that you just can kind of hold your mouth open and it like cools it down <laughs> in a, a lot faster. Yep. And it's yep. just kind of like it just makes it taste better. And yep. everybody that everybody knows what I'm talking about here. Yep. Don't be acting like what is hell is he talking about you know what i'm talking about because we've all done it before you yep. pull it right off of the grill and you're putting it you're eating it and it's just like <gasps> yep I know, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about they were johnsonville's i got one uh chili cheese i got two cheddar and i got one uh like ballpark brat or something like that and they they were good they were damn good i i could go for a whole slew of them again i mean but, you guys uh, hats started... off to my buddy austin for grilling oh them. yeah yeah, yep. Austin, that was pretty awesome. That's Freedom family. Brew, Austin, for those of you exactly wondering. Exactly right. But uh, And then you guys started off the day having a nice meal, too. That's right. That's right. That's actually, that's going to be my uh, good oh, news right. story this week. Uh, right. just, I spoiled just, it. I yep. just spoiled nope, it. Nope, nope, you, you, you haven't spoiled the dang thing yet. Uh, that That's just making people uh, stay tuned for the good news story. But, uh, um, yeah, like we said, uh, really, really fun time getting out there uh, with an incredible crew of people. Uh, you know, not not just the people that traveled, but uh, you know, a lot of cool dudes uh, locally too that we all got to get out with. And uh, I, I don't know, I just don't think it could have gotten much better. Just just that whole whole. I don't know. It, it was a lot it of fun. It really is. When you have the opportunity to do something like that, I mean, you take that opportunity. And not a lot of people can say that they've had the privilege of sharing the ice with with dave gens and like don cox at the same time and uh we were fortunate to do that yep. the other day so yep you know i had i had ice fish with don cox before out in the black hills at yep. hooked on hard right. water and i've uh i've open water fish before with dave gens but you know dave dave's known for ice fishing he's not known as as the open water fisherman and so i gotta say you know it was still definitely on my bucket list to uh to knock that one off and to to do it on our waters you know to have them travel here that just that was that was truly the cherry on top yeah there's no doubt about that and so all right uh, that is enough of us well actually the the day after uh that that all yeah, happened on yep. friday then on saturday uh we we headed out to a, a small a small roadside pond uh here in northwest iowa public public lake uh um kind of in the ocheden area for those of you that uh that know the area you'll know exactly what we're talking about but uh i just kind of wanted to chase a little bit of a different bite uh, i reached out to matt i reached out to basically everybody that i knew from rock rapids that would potentially fish and everyone blanked me and uh so i ended up going over to uh to uh, this little pond uh, by myself i knew that there was trout in there i knew that i wanted to uh to fish a little bit something different i didn't quite have the time to make it all the way over to okaboji and uh um you know it, it was kind of one of those weird deals where uh, uh it, it felt fun it, it was fun to be out there by myself you know i was the only person on the pond at first but uh you know I, I i do fish because i love the camaraderie so so you know it wasn't yep. wasn't long after you know an hour or two later matt you showed up and and some other people from our town that we didn't know were going to be out there they showed up that was a good time too but uh um you know i i'll say it was one of those deals where the live scope held me back 
held you back. As, as, as weird as that may sound to some people, the live scope held me back. I knew that there was trout in these waters, and uh, I figured that they were going to be coming through suspended. I watched them come through suspended with that live scope. I mean, you you know when you're watching these torpedoes come yeah. flying through. <laughs> yeah, you can, that's a trout. Yeah, that's you can not tell a bluegill. It's a trout. Yep, that's not a bluegill. That's not a perch. And so, you know, I, I really wanted to catch this trout, these trout. And so I'm jigging higher in the water column. I'm not paying attention to the fish on the bottom. You know, I'd, I'd caught a couple of these fish on the bottom, and I know, uh, I knew after catching them a few times, like we're talking three, four-inch bluegills, three, four-inch perch. I didn't want anything to do with them. I wanted trout. And so I'm jigging higher in the water column. And, and just can't make them go. I bounced around from spot to spot, whatever. Got to the last spot where you came and joined me at. And, and still the same thing. I'm jigging higher in the water column. And next thing you know, uh, you, you well, actually, I had caught one. I had yep, actually caught, caught one yep. uh, before you had got there. But, uh, uh, you know, you you tied into like two or three of them rather fast. And I'm like, well, what the hell, you know, what are you, you, know, what are you doing different than what I'm doing? Because I can't get these things to go. And you're like, well, you know, and I asked you, where, where are you jigging? Well, I'm jigging down on the bottom. Well, I'm sitting here looking at my live scope, watching all these trout come through, you know, four foot under the ice. Yeah. The aggressive fish were down on the bottom. And I wasn't, uh, I wasn't putting that together. No, and it was, it wasn't like a trout bite like we're used to. It wasn't Black Hills trout no. bite. I mean, those they come up there and it's a don't don't. Yep. You know they. You, you can tell like you're almost like you mark trying, them and you catch them. You're trying to hold it still so they can hit it because they're flying in there. Yeah. It's like they're spazzing out and completely. It's like, dude, just chill out and hit it, bite it. Yep. I mean, these were really, really soft bites. Sometimes it was one of those deals where you had to start raising your rod up a little bit, and all of a sudden you'd see the, you know, the rod tip just kind yeah. of stay down. It's like, boom, set that hook. But, yeah, it was – I mean, you know, you talk about that pond that we were at. How many times in our lives fishing together have we drove by that, and, and we've always said, we need to try that someday. Right. We need to try that someday. So kudos to you, too, though, for saying, you know what, I'm going to go do it. Yeah, give you know, it a we, shot. We talk Something about, different. like, well, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And we just never, never do. It's just like yep. sometimes you just got to take it. And, I mean, the cool thing about it is that there's tag trout in there. I mean, they have, like, a little contest every year. I don't think it's the last time I'll fish there this no, year. I'm going to try to get over there me again. Either. I thought it was I fun. Mean, and one nice thing about it is like if we're over at the lakes and it's a slow bite or a slow day it's like we can just turn and like okay let's quick stop there on the way way through because it's literally right there as you're driving by it so yep and, and for me and, and you uh if, you, if you've only got three hours yeah you know quick run over there you know pahoya's a half hour away this place is a half hour away you know it, it it's it's double the drive to get to okaboji and and you know, so you got to take advantage of that. And you're catching something that, I mean, that was the first trout I've ever caught in Iowa. Yeah, me too. So. Me too. So either way, it was fun. Uh, I'm glad we did it. And uh, yeah, um, I guess that is what it is. Um, we got a guest on today. Uh, Clint Hay is his name. Uh, he, I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sure where Clint is uh, is from. We'll ask him when we get him on. But uh, Clint had actually reached out to me here a while back, uh, and he is petitioning the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks um, on, uh, on two different topics. And uh, 
we, he, he kind of asked me for my input. He kind of asked me to uh, spread the word. And I thought, you know what, uh, there's no better way to spread the word than uh, to get you on. And, uh, um, you know, you 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 let the listeners decide. So uh, uh, we're going to have Clint on tonight. And, uh, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a good one. And we're here today with Clint. Hey, Clint, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing wonderful today. Doing good. good. Doing good. good. Clint, uh, you know the drill. Uh, we're going to start off by asking you a couple non-fishing related uh, random questions. Um, that's what we do on every single episode and uh, 203 episodes in, we're, we're going to do the exact same. I want to know what is your favorite kind of potato chip? Ooh, probably a toss up between a kettle cooked jalapeno chip Ooh. or a kettle cooked salt and vinegar. Ooh, okay, I'll take the jalapeno chip. No I don't. Way. I can't do salt and vinegar. <laughs> I ain't taking none of them. <laughs> you can sit in a nice shack with me because you can have all the chips. Then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I guess mine is going to be what if you were going to sing karaoke? What would your karaoke song be? Like the rain by Clint Black. Like the rain. That's, That's a fa- like like I, I, I you sung you you sung you, that last weekend, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, no, I was fishing last weekend. <laughs> oh, but you still sung it. Yeah, you still out there singing in the ice shack. You betcha. You betcha. You got a favorite uh, frozen pizza? Oh, uh, I'm a pretty simple guy when it comes to that. I'm a tombstone guy. Yeah. Better believe it. Better <laughs> believe it. There's a guy that knows what's going on. Yep. All right, Clint. Uh, let, let's start off. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners uh, where it is uh, that you're from? Uh, originally from Nebraska, a little town um, just uh, just west of Kearney, Nebraska. Lexington's my hometown. I moved up here, oh, I think around 2011 or so when I came back from Iraq. And um, yeah, I live in Brookings now and lived here ever since. So, well, you, that that was a heck of an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, what, what, what drew you up to Brookings? Uh, work. Okay. Just work. Yep. Yep. Right, right on. In the area, I'm, I'm not a big town guy and Sioux Falls was a little too big for me. And looking back now, if I had my druthers, I'd probably, probably would have moved to Watertown, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit more uh, going on, uh, up, up by Watertown if, uh, if you're into the outdoors. <laughs> Yeah, a lot closer drive. Nope. Yeah, that's there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, so, Clint, how did you get into fishing? Uh, man, I've been, gosh, I've been fishing ever since I've been just uh, almost in diapers, pert near. Um, my dad was uh, always good about taking me out fishing and hunting, and even though at a very, very young age, and it's just kind of, just kind of grown from there. So. Um, I, I was really big into waterfowl hunting through high school and college, and I really didn't fish that much. Um, and then when I moved up here, it was kind of still the same. I was all just waterfowl hunting. That's all I that's all I really wanted to do. But then I found out actually how good the fishing was shortly after moving here. And it's, yeah, now it's flip-flopped. I don't hardly do any waterfowl hunting anymore, and it's all just pretty much fishing. So, Where, where did you fish down in Nebraska? Um, so the two main lakes back home where, um, uh, we used to fish was, uh, Johnson Lake and Elwood Reservoir. Uh, 
probably fished Elwood more. Um, <clears throat> did make a few trips out to McConaughey. Okay. Um, so yeah, yep. Right on. Now, uh, yeah. now, now you started fishing a lot uh, up there. Obviously, northeast South Dakota. Um, are you are you predominantly an ice fisherman? You you open water, kind of do a little bit of both. Uh, I do both. I'm all in on both. Okay. So, yep. Gotta like that. You're, yep. Yeah, you got a lot of options up there too to jump around too. And <clears throat> For sure. Yep. It's kind of nice. Yep. No, Clint. Kind of uh, spoiled, spoiled compared to what it was back home. That's yeah. <laughs> kind of spoiled compared to us down yeah, here in no Iowa. About like, that. Good night. We don't got nothing oh. close. Nothing. Uh, Clint, uh, obviously, uh, um, well, I, I shouldn't say obviously, but uh, the reason we got you on today uh, is uh, you and I were messaging back and forth, and you had uh, told me that uh, you have started the process of petitioning the South Dakota Game Fishing Parks uh, on, on two separate uh, issues, and uh, w I guess we'll talk about we'll talk about both of them but uh the perch bag limit is one of them and uh potentially the guides uh paying a fee and and getting properly licensed is the other one uh let let's start off by talking a little bit about the perch bag limit uh do you want to kind of give a, a rough uh, go on on what that is exactly yeah so just in the last few years it's just you know since i really got into ice fishing um you know, when, when I first started, I've only been ice fishing here for about, oh, eight years or so. Um, I, I've really noticed that, you know, the catch rates and, and the pressure, everything on yellow perch specifically has kind of gone down. You know, there just doesn't seem to be as many perch in our systems as there, you know, today as there was, you know, just a few years ago. And... You know, my, my, my concern is is that in the future that we may not may, may not have perch to catch in the future, you know, if it's going to be a short term or a long term. And so I started kind of doing some, you know, doing some research and talking to other anglers, buddies, et cetera. And I don't know, it just it's no secret, you know, social media with people sharing things, um, you know, bait shop reports um you know with with technology that we have at our disposal today um it, it just doesn't and there and honestly there's there's more people fishing too which is great it's awesome yep, but yep. um i've just definitely noticed that you know our little lakes up here God, they're just taking a beating and it just once the word gets out on a hot bite i mean geez, you can't even find a place to park anymore on some of these lakes and it's just I'm, I'm just concerned and it's getting to that point where I think we need to try to spread the word or try to do something. And so I contacted a, a couple biologists with South Dakota game fishing parks and also a game warden up in a certain County here in Northeast South Dakota. And I'm going to leave his name out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, just trying to get their science and everything behind it and, Basically, both the biologists that I have talked to, um, basically, they're not going to do anything different on, on perch. Um, they don't seem a reason to really do or change anything different. Um, they don't stock perch, and I uh, did a little research here tonight before the call, so dry two. The last time 
that the state stock perch was in 2000, year 2000. So 23 years ago is when they did stock perch. Uh, Dry Lake number one, they have, at least the history they show on their website, which dates all the way back to 1996, they have never, ever stocked perch. And Bitter Lake, um, last time that they stocked perch was in 1998. Wow. So um, both the biologists basically told me that perch is a crop that's meant to be harvested and that's where it is they depend on high water cycles and you know perch spawn just naturally and my concern is well if a very very mass majority of the perch get yanked out of these lakes there isn't going to be a sustainable population to even reproduce to begin with right uh and after my conversation i had with them you know they, and then they also said, you know, the, another thing, and perch are very cyclical. They're, you know, their lifespan's only four to six years. Um, and after I hung up the phone with them, I should ask, okay, so I'd like to know what the life expectancy of all these walleyes that you guys are stocking are. Because I would be willing to bet that I would say probably 90% of them don't make it to four to six years old. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I I don't know, just you know, North Dakota stocks perch, and uh, you know, Northeast South Dakota and you know, Northeast North Dakota have a lot of the same you know water issues that we have here with high water and you know, once ducks lose are now lakes and they're stocking up there. So why is that any different down here? It's pretty much the same dang thing. You know, they got the freshwater shrimp, they got the weeds, ducks lose that are shallow, they're fertile. I don't know. But unless I, unless they really know some science that, that I don't, I just, I, I don't really understand, I guess. But, um, so yeah, anyway, I'm, I, I wrote up a petition. Um, you know, the, the people that I talked to told me the, the steps to take to write up a petition and, and submit it. And, and how I did it, you know, I had a, I don't know, I think I probably had around 15, 20 buddies, uh, also buddies of mine that are full-time guides that are on board with this. And I, you know, they sent me all their contact info and I submitted every every one of them individually. So, you know, the commission just doesn't see one here, two here. They see, you know, 15 people petition the same thing all at once. So hopefully it kind of raises a red flag to them. Now, now, would this be an either-or deal for you? You know, you, you talked about how they don't they don't uh, stock perch, and and that you would like to see the limit down. If they would start stocking perch, would you agree with with uh, leaving that limit at fifteen, or do you think probably both need to happen, or or where do you, where do you feel, uh, you know, with with the stocking and the limit? You know, I haven't really thought that far in it on that. Um, I mean, my buddies that are guides, they'd be 110% game with only having a 10 fish limit, probably with they'd stock or not, because that's five less fish they got to catch per person. Than right, their right, right. Yeah. There's, you know, if they're guiding five people, that's 25 fish that are left in the lake. So I don't know. And I mean, really, at the end of the day, what does another five perch get you? I mean, 
Well, right. When when you're talking about perch the size that they are, I mean right. that's that's a big play. Yeah, these you're aren't getting, these aren't nine inch perch anymore. No, you're. I mean, exactly. you're getting a lot of meat. If that's if that's your goal is to stock up on meat, I mean, ten perch is going to go a long ways. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, and I think also too part of it, it's human nature to be greedy. And I think fishermen sometimes are greedier than most when it comes to keeping stuff. Well, you gotta have well, that limit. I was pick. gonna you say, gotta have the limit pick for Facebook. It's the yeah. li- it's the limit mentality. We're like, well, the limit's this, so that's what we're going to fishing, going to do. Whether it takes us fifteen minutes or it takes us three hours, I mean, once we get to that limit, we're we're okay. Done. Yep, we we came, we saw, we conquered, yep. and I think sometimes, you know, trying to change that narrative a little bit too is something that needs to be stressed more about, you know, selective harvest um, about. You know, taking, you know, catch and release and stuff like that, especially like certain of this, you know, the big fish of the species or something like that. Now, perch, again, sometimes it doesn't seem like everybody, you know, feels that way. Like when, if you see somebody catch a 28 inch plus walleye and they keep it, people go absolutely crazy about it. Mm-hmm. Now, now, perch, somebody catches a 15 or 14 plus incher, everybody's like, okay, that's, Okay, yeah, that's Good what job. you're supposed to do. You're yep. supposed to yeah. keep those and stuff like that. And I just, I mean, I guess I'm not a biologist either or anything like that, so I don't know, like, where they're at on their life cycle and if they're going to survive anymore. But, yeah, I I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, sometimes I think that I wish more people would understand selective harvest than just mm-hmm. just harvest itself. Right, right. And, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm guilty. Like, I mean, if... I'm on a good perch bite. I want to have perch tacos for a couple nights or whatever. Yeah, I'll keep my 15 perch. I, yep. You know, but I don't know. Now after this, I'm thinking, God, you know, maybe I'll only keep 10 if I'm on a good perch bite, you know. Right. So, now, I'm but, curious. I'm curious, too, with the stocking. Uh, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't realize that South Dakota didn't stock at all, and I didn't realize that Minnesota uh, – um, uh, uh, North Dakota does. I don't know what Minnesota, Nebraska, uh, Iowa, Wisconsin does, but I, I did quick run through and, and check the perch limits for a couple other states with Minnesota being 20, North Dakota being 20, Iowa being 25, along with Wisconsin. And, and you know, like you mentioned, uh, South Dakota being 15, and you'd potentially like to see that down to 10. Do you think the biggest thing there is is some of these small bodies of water in South Dakota? You know, uh, I, Iowa doesn't have these these small Slew, duck sloughs yeah. that that hold monster fish, and and you know, no no one's just going out to these roadside ponds in Iowa because a there isn't any, especially public, and and you know, I, I think that kind of goes along with with a lot of the other states. Maybe Minnesota has you know. Uh, uh, more of those lakes and, and Wisconsin, of course, but, uh, um, you know, what, what, what is it that, that you think, or, or, or do you think that potentially these other States should be tapping their brakes and looking at lowering those limits also? You know, I, like I said, I haven't thought that far. I'm just kind of sticking to kind of what I know and what's, yep. you know, kind of what's in my backyard and what I'm passionate about, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, and I don't know what it is, which just, why northeast south dakota is just getting hammered so much here recently the last few years it's just it's bizarre um i don't know if it's just people 
sharing more info than what they should be, or I don't know. There's just more. Maybe it's a closer drive than, you know, people from Nebraska, Iowa, even Minnesota. It's a closer drive to come here versus going up to North Dakota. I think you're right on that. I would say so. I think you're right. And and, And to be honest with you, there's not many other places in any of those states that you mentioned where a person can catch a true jumbo perch like you do in northeast south dakota and i just it's you know i just think that the word not only through social media and stuff like that i just think word of mouth has spread that you know you're starting to see more people do destination type trips too like okay i can't ice fish a lot like i you know like us down here we are close to slake we have a man-made one that's like 15 miles away but okaboji is an hour away for us to get to like really good fishing to chase a lot of different species so a lot of times it's kind of like a a destination thing where we're like well we're going up to northeast south dakota and you know you're jumping around from from place to place or you know you're trying to find that hot bite so i think a lot more people are kind of doing that as well yeah very well could be um you know and that's another thing you know not really an argument per se but you know a thing that i noted in my petition is you know there's a lot of anglers that come to, you know, from the surrounding states that come come here to come fishing, um, specifically to take, chase perch in the wintertime. And, yep. you know, the, the state gets a lot of revenue, you know, from out-of-state license dollars, habitat stamp dollars, um, you know, and then also, too, brings a lot of revenue to small communities like, you know, Webster or, you know, Clark or, you know, those small towns, you know, and... If there's no perch to catch in the, you know, in those surrounding bodies of water, non-residents aren't gonna, you know, come here. No, no, <laughs> they no. Come fishing, I don't know. But, but but let's be honest. Even you know, if if they lowered the limit to ten, there there won't be one less person that comes up there. No, the the same amount the same of people amount are still people going still up there. Come. Yeah, that's true. You know, you know, I mean, I, I think the same amount of people are going to go up there, whether it's 10 or whether it's 15. And I think the big thing, you know, I'm an out-of-stater. I'm going up to, to northeast South Dakota. I've, I've been up there and, and had, a, had a great time. But I think the thing about it is, and, and like Matt mentioned, it's a mentality deal. It's a social media deal. You don't want to tell your buddies that you drove all the way up to northeast South Dakota, you know, oh, how'd you guys do? You want to tell them that you limited you don't want to say, well, you know, we, we, we could have limited, but but we only caught or we only kept six each. Like nobody ever has said that. You know what I mean? Like you, you went up there and you limited. If if you didn't keep your limit, you didn't do good. And and yeah. you know, I think that's a mentality deal. You know, you, yeah. you gotta change the way people think. Yeah. I wonder I wonder how many people that go fishing with guides up there to chase perch even know what the limits are before they even go right you know i there's i know some people some friends of mine that are like oh yeah we hired a guide up in northeast south dakota and we're gonna go up there and go fishing with them this weekend it's like oh that's cool and stuff like that and these people never fish i mean how many people get up there and be like so what is the limit on perch Yeah, how many can we keep oh we can keep 15 oh okay let's keep 15 then and it's just like i yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's really tough to say. I mean, I guess it's hard to argue with biologists that do the science and do all that stuff. And if they say there's not a need for it, I mean. Yeah, but another thing, Matt, honestly, my, my argument is, is I really think that 
Um, I I really think the mindset needs to be changed. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, with, with fishery management is, is okay. concerned. You know, I I really think that they're they're not adapting to today's anglers. They're still in the mindset of what it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. They don't understand that 20 years ago, there wasn't 30 snow bears at a, at a landing, all with live scopes. And there wasn't another 300 people not in snow bears, all with live scope or some sort of live imaging sonar. You know, there wasn't the equipment, you know, the shacks, the, the clothing, the heaters there wasn't that back in the day so i think they need to kind of you know accommodate and adapt to how anglers are fishing today and not how they were 10 15 years ago well i'm I'm sure if you show up at at you know one of those roads along one of those lakes or one of the boat ramps you know how many trailers are out there because guys are bringing snowmobiles guys are bringing atvs the snow bears like like you mentioned you know people are staying warmer out there the shacks People can, you know, it, it used to oh, probably yeah, be you showed up at the ramp, you walked out there as far as you could, you know, when, when you couldn't possibly go any farther because you ran out of breath and that's where you sat you sat there it, for the day. Right. You'd hope that the first guy that showed up to the lake was on them because the second guy that shows up is going to get close to the first guy and so on and so on. And then yep. pretty soon it's like, well, I was fishing outside yeah. the crowd and I was catching them. Well, you just didn't feel like setting up your shack right inside the crowd and you just happened to be on them and nobody else was. But Yep. That's a, that's a really, that's a, that's a great point. And you know, our buddy Scott Mockentoon, fisheries biologist for the Minnesota DNR, you know, he, he always says, you know, show me the data, show me the data. And, and this is one of those deals where, you know, I, I think a lot of times these fisheries biologists look at years and years and years of, of, of data and, and, you know, kind of look at the trends and whatnot. Well, you know, that, that takes years and years and years to figure out where it's going. And, and like you said, uh, by, by the time that uh, it's, it's, it's really bad, it could be too late. It is because everything moves so fast. Like, how many, how many members are there on Ice Fishing South Dakota on Facebook? There's, what, 25,000 people? So if you post on there, it happened to me a few years ago on East Oakwood, here by Brookings. I was on a decent walleye bike going out, you know, going out there after work for a couple hours and catching, you know, 8, 10 walleyes, you know, just having fun and go home. Did that for about two or three nights in a row, and then some – Han Yocker posted, oh, go to Oakwood, the bike's <laughs> hot, and I couldn't even find a freaking place to park by Saturday, yep. you know? Well, I mean, it's just, it, everything just happens so dang fast nowadays, and I just don't, I don't think that our people that are managing our fisheries are realizing that. I'm not trying to say that they're doing a bad job, not, no, no, not at know, all, not knocking them one bit, but I think their mentality needs to change a little bit, and realize this isn't the good old days anymore you yep. know? <laughs> yeah 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 so. things change and and you know that's just that's all part of it and and you know you, you don't have to be this doesn't have to be an anglers against the the game fishing parks this can be an anglers along with the game fishing parks and you know we, we've seen it up in minnesota when they tried changing the bluegill limit on a couple of uh, a couple of yeah. those lakes i mean sometimes it's met with with very you know strong opposition where this is one of those deals where if they if they truly do feel a need well here's a group of 20 anglers and and potentially you know hundreds thousands more you know that uh 
you, you know can be on the same team everyone can be on the same team and and right. you know sometimes right. sometimes that's what you need yeah and i was actually talking to it's funny you mentioned the bluegill deal in minnesota because i was talking to a couple buddies you know originally from minnesota and we got to talking about this and when they changed it you know they, i mean it, it took a couple years but once they kind of changed the size and the bag limits for bluegills man those lakes that had bluegills they grew big and i mean now it's i mean they're catching some dandy bluegills now yep yeah oh yeah so I yep. don't know. Yeah, that might be what what's needed. But uh, how many how, how many less licenses do you think would be sold in a year if, like, they came out and said, you know, like extremely lowered the limits of fish that are out there, like down to like five, and you know, well, walleyes you can only keep two. Like, how many people do you truly feel go out there and fish for it being a leisurely sport or activity? and just go out there because they enjoy catching fish and releasing? Or how many people do you think are just purely like, I've got to go and I've got to catch as many as I possibly can and keep what my limit says I can? You know, I'm not really sure, but it's, it's funny that you mentioned the, the five deal, uh, Matt, because in my talks with uh, the one particular biologist out of Webster, um, he told me really the only way that anything would change population-wise is if, they would knock the, you know, the limit down to five perch per day, um, which she said would never, never happen. But to answer your question, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't really know um, how many, if there would be less people that would come here fishing. I mean, me personally, I, I mean, I, I'd love to do it and enjoy it, whether, you know, I catch two, three, 20, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to go fishing with, regardless. It doesn't right. matter. But I don't know how many people are actually like that or, I don't know. I think there's just, <laughs> I think there's more greedy, meat hungry people out there than what we probably give them credit. Like I don't know. The, well, there's probably some just, truth to that, I but I, I don't. I don't think that it would be that many less. I, I really I don't, don't. But I don't think so. I don't know. But That's when, good. but when I'm paying a hundred dollars for an out of state license, I guess a hundred less anglers is a lot of freaking money. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But, yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, they, they seem to still be selling a lot of non-resident licenses. Oh, you bet your even, ass they are. Even, even when they raise the prices. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, the other thing that uh, you petitioned, Clint, uh, is uh, um, the potential of uh, guides paying a fee, a yearly fee, uh, for them to do their guiding uh, in, the, um, in the state of South Dakota, uh, you know, kind of... Uh, getting on the up and up and making things official, uh, you know, sh- proving that uh, that they have insurance, uh, uh, making it official, paying taxes. Um, why don't you kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so, I mean, and this is, I'm not knocking guides. You know, I got some very good friends of mine that make their living uh, guiding, which I 110% support. Um, you know, but I, I just kind of think that, you know, Okay, if you're a waterfowl guy, you can't you can't guide clients on public land. If you're a pheasant outfitter, you can't guide clients on pheasant or on on public land. So why is a as a guide can can you take clients on public water? You know, yep. and you know it, it's our license dollars, our tax dollars. Um, you know, stocking lakes, you know, for walleyes. Um, you know why? You know, it's almost just like kind of like a free for all. Um, you know, in the research that I've done, you know, a lot of 
a lot of states surrounding here all they all charge their guides uh i talked to um he's actually the head game warden up in devil's lake uh and he sent me all the information you know for if you want to become a guide in north dakota and when i was reading through it i was actually kind of shocked so if you're a resident of north dakota and you want to be a guide it's only a hundred dollars a year that's it and you got to prove uh show proof of insurance and you know um established business in forms of you know an llc of some kind um and and that's really it but they're at least charging their guides something you know i know montana uh i think they put it out as almost like an auction they only okay we're gonna have only 50 guide licenses this year and it's on auction so north or south dakota doesn't do any of that it's it's any tom dick or harry can go out there and start a guiding business and become a fishing guide here and i just kind of think that okay if you're taking out the resource you know that's there you should be able to pay something back to replenish the resource that you're taking out because me as a working guy you people you know everyone else that's a doesn't fish for a living you know a lake that's hot goes get pounded by you know all the guides in the surrounding area for five six days whatever it is and you get a day off to go out there and go fishing and there's a lot of fish that have been yanked out in that time frame when you're working right <laughs> so, oh, yeah right yeah now now what what do you think uh, is an re- uh, is a reasonable uh, amount uh, you know I mean do you feel like uh, a guide should pay x amount of dollars per client they bring out do you feel that uh, uh, you know one yearly lump sum fee uh, how what what's your idea on that um, I would probably just go with you know a lump sum fee per year. Because it's going to be tough for a guy to know how many clients they're going to book here to actually, hey, I'm going to charge Joe Schmo and, you know, an extra X amount. Um, I, I would say, you know, anywhere from 1000 to $2,500 a year. Okay. As a lump sum. Yep. And and do you think with with a, uh, a fee like that, uh, you know, I mean, is that going to kind of keep and, – and I don't – I don't want to call it riffraff – but that's kind of, you know, I mean, the the guy that's like, yeah, hell, I'll guide, you know, whatever, and, and posts a deal on Facebook and, and brings people out because he's got two shacks and four Vexlars and, you know, hell yeah, all of a sudden he's a guide. Yeah. You know, I mean, will the fee keep it that, you know, I mean, legitimate people that, you know, are, are reputable, uh, you know, is that is that kind of the goal there also? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, my good friends that are guides, they are, yes, 100% on board with that, where they have no problem getting charged an X amount per year. Um, yeah, and it would kind of cut down on the fly-by-nighter guys that are just any Joe Schmo, like you say, that's got a couple shacks or a snow bear or whatever and start taking people out. Just, yeah, it, I think it cut down on a lot of that. Now you know one of the things uh, I've, I've I've racked up a few preference points here, and I'm looking. Uh, I've I've racked up a couple preference points, and I've uh, um, uh, been looking for Wyoming uh, elk and and deer hunting uh, deals, and and I noticed that all those guides have like guide number 454 or whatever you know i mean they're registered with the state of wyoming uh i imagine i can go on the wyoming game fish and parks uh uh website 
look up and see, you know, oh, you know, here's a list of guides. Oh, number 454, you know, that's that's Clint Hay from Brookings. Uh, you know, I mean, do you think that that's probably uh, one of the routes, you know, if you pay this $1,000, you get put on, you know, a database, you know, on a year-to-year basis, and, and people can people can go on there and know that you're legit, you know, when, when you've proven to the state that you have insurance, that you are paying taxes, uh, you know, th- then you get your guide license number. Uh, you know, is that, is that probably kind of the way you, you envision it? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a great way of, you know, of going about it, you know, for sure. Now, now do hunting, I, I'm just thinking in my mind, like, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, some waterfowl hunters and, and, uh, uh, pheasant hunting guides, uh, up in South Dakota, do they pay a fee? I, I realize that they're not doing it on, on public waters, uh, or, you know, public land, like you mentioned, but do they pay, like, I mean, does a, fe- a pheasant hunting guide, does he pay a yearly $500 to be a pheasant guide in the state of South Dakota? Or is there nothing like that? There's nothing. Actually, one of my good friends is a waterfowl guide here. Um, and no, he does not pay anything to the state to, to be a guide. Um, another friend of mine here, he traps bait for a living. Um, and he's here in Brookings and, and we got to talking about this and, you know, he has a lot of expenses, um, that he gets charged every year from, you know, I mean, he told me how much the state charges him to trap minnows. Oh, commercial bait dealers licenses is steep. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, he's getting charged that. He told me that he has to have, um, uh, for lack of a better term, veterinarians come out and inspect the water quality, you know, the health of the minnows and everything like that. But, I mean, he, he sells bait in a five, six state area. Yep. You know, that has a lot to do with it. But still... He told me he's like he's like Clint. I got between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars in expenses between, you know, paying the state, you know, money, paying my veterinarians for my minnows, etc. You know, per year that he has to pay. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I I never thought about that. You know, really the same thing. A guy that's making his money off of the natural resource and and you know, yeah, re- really the same thing. Really the same thing. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Huh. Now, now, when you when you've brought this up to your guide buddy friends, that they, they are in support of it. Yes. Yep. They sure are. Huh. And you know, they're guys that are well known. They're not just uh, some Joe Schmo. I right. <laughs> right. Right. If they if they're willing to pony up a grand, you know, they're they're not uh, they're not a dude that's doing you know three trips a year. No. Yeah. And, and I mean, I I didn't talk dollars with them. Right, know, right. Um, what they think is reasonable, probably should have, but um, no, they're all game for them having to pay something, you know, and and one of them, he, uh, you know, I, uh, he, I was out fishing with him here the other day, and we got to BSing and started talking about this, and I could just kind of read, but kind of between the lines, it just, he almost kind of seems kind of concerned just with, I mean, with the pressure and how, I mean, you know, just a few years ago, he was one of the only guides in the area that ran a snow bear. There was him and one other guy that ran snow bears. And now there's, I mean, it, you might as well not be an ice fishing guide in South Dakota if you don't have a snow bear, you know. And he was, I don't know, just maybe the trendsetter, if you will. But I don't know, just 
it just seems like just more and more pressure. And he's kind of seemed a little concerned. There's just kind of, you could feel kind of the tone in his voice a little bit. It's just kind of interesting. But. Yep. Now do you, now to go along with that, do you think the same people that are complaining about guides and, you know, the fish are getting all caught up because the guides can get are on them and all this stuff are the same people that follow the snow bears around? Because I mean, Let's be honest, that's what a lot of people do is they get to a lake and they're like, oh, snow bears are there. Oh, snow bears are getting South up and Dakota moving. Fish finder. Load them up. Yeah. We're following yeah. these guys. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. There's, there's a few of them. And I also, there's a few of them. <laughs> and, and also to go along with, you know, with this whole thing together, do you think that guides should have different limits than what, you know, than what Joe Schmo Public does? You know, like... I always used to get that family license when they used to have it. And then I could fish and my wife could fish off that, you know, off that license, but we could only keep one limit. We weren't allowed the two limits. Do you think that there's something like if they charge these guides fees like that and stuff like that, then they'd say guide, you know, per person that's that you're guiding that day can only keep 10. That's their, you know, their daily limit. And it'd be tough to like monitor that. I know yeah, I get it. Thing, it'd be really tough to regulate that because that person still it. is buying a regular license right yeah, yeah right know, that'd just be so tough to regulate because i know for a fact that there's a game warden shortage in our state right now yeah and, you know that that you know particular game warden in that area he can't be everywhere at once right no oh, yeah, exactly many lakes as there are i mean it'd have to be quite the honor system you and, know, and, I, and I there ain't a whole lot of honor anymore. Yeah. No, <laughs> It'd just be really tough to regulate. No, yeah, I get it. Now, now with this uh, with this money, what do you propose that this money goes for? Um, you know, I, I would say, obviously, restocking the lakes that they're taking out. Um, you know, some of that money could go to, you know, increasing, you know, maybe updating some boat ramps on some places. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe a indoor fish cleaning station in some places, you know, let's just say Webster or Watertown or, you know, something. And, you know, that'd be kind of nice to have. Um, I will say that forward. I will say that South Dakota does get it right with a lot of the, they do have a lot of fish cleaning stations. Like for us in our areas, there's not like hardly any lakes that have fish cleaning stations. And it's nice when you get the one and it's just like, oh, thankfully I can clean well, them. They, they do along the river in east northeast and south dakota they really don't i mean oh that's true i mean really the only places that have fish cleaning stations are really state parks right um Ponset, thompson i know oakwood doesn't have one i'm not sure if pelican has one um fort sissenton does not have one to my knowledge so really there's there's really not that many fish cleaning stations there's i mean there's not one in webster that's crazy no. to think that there's not one in webster no, really, the only two that are there is uh, the one right next door to Parabooms, which really technically, unless you're staying there, you're not supposed to use it, but people go in there and use it anyway. I mean, I've been guilty of it. And the one behind uh, the galley, those are really the only fish cleaning stations in Webster, but they're not public. Right. You know? Now, I wonder, you know, with, with you know, say it's say it's $1,000, uh, say it's 2500 and and say you can start putting up some of these uh you know i mean do do we have the manpower to go around and and keep them clean do we have the manpower to you know 
or, or is there enough potential money coming in here that, uh, you know, I mean that, that you can hire three people to, to run around and, and, you know, keep these things clean and maintain them. You wouldn't think it'd be that tough. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I'd, I'd be curious, you know, how many, how many guides, if, if we, if, if the state of South Dakota did this and say it was a thousand dollars, how many guides are, how many guides are in the state of South Dakota? I mean, I'm, I mean, is it a thousand? No, it's not that many. I mean, is no. it, is it 500? Uh, I mean, when, I mean, when you start considering, you know, cause, cause this is going to be the Missouri river too. I mean, there's, there's yeah. a lot of guides out on the Missouri river. Yeah, that's true. I mean, true. It, I guess, yeah, I forgot about that, but I would say, yeah, I'd say roughly around, I would say in between that, you know, I would say around that 500 mark probably. Yeah. And, Give and so, time. so with that being said too, like our buddy, Brennan Lockwood, uh, he, he guides out in, uh, uh, Chamberlain. Chamberlain uh, works underneath of, I think it's like South Dakota walleye charters or something like that. Is, is South Dakota walleye charters going to pay the thousand dollars and they can hire whoever they want underneath of them? Or is each person going to be uh, uh, doing that? Because, you know, then, then Jared Fredericks is going to pay the thousand dollars and everyone else in, in Northeast South Dakota is, is just going to subcontract under him. Uh, you, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm just, I, I'm just using Jared Frederick. Like he has nothing to do yeah. with this. It was just the first name that popped into my head as a Northeast yep. South yep. Dakota guy. Yep. You know, and I don't know how many of those, you know, those guys really, you know, have, I don't know how many guys Jared has underneath of them, you know, um, you know, like Northern Prairie. I, I mean, I think they're running a three, four snow bears, something like that. I, I don't think it's fair to the guy running the bear have to pay that thousand dollars or twenty five hundred dollars. But I would for sure charge. You know, the the owner of of the company of the business. I think they'd have to pony up the cash. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. Right. And you know, maybe maybe that. Uh, you know, if you pay $2,500, you've got an umbrella for 10 guides. Otherwise, you know, the, the everyday guide, uh, you know, that's just a single man operation. He pays 800 or something. And I, I don't know how that would exactly look. But. Yeah. And I, and I called a guy actually just kind of out of the blue, uh, the other day. Um, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of new, um, loves to fish and, you know, he's just kind of a one man show. And I asked him about the guide license and every, or, you know, both topics, the perch 100%. He was like, yeah, something needs to be done on it. Um, as far as charging, you know, an extra X amount. And I said, well, really at the end of the day, it's not going to come out of your, you know, your pocket per se, because you can just tax it on to whoever your clients are. But he's like, well, I'm kind of new. And a lot of all my clients are, you know, old, old teachers, uh, you know, friends of family, you know, ex, you know, people like that. So he kind of feels bad, you know, charging them an extra fifty, hundred dollars a day or whatever it is to go fishing with them, which, which I totally get. Right. Know? Right. But I'm just saying the vast majority of people are probably not like him where he's just kind of keeping his client base kind of close knit and not taking any Joe Schmo out fishing. Right, the right. the average guy has no clue who his customer is, you know, and until they repeat customers, you know, years and years. Yep, yep. Huh. 
No, I think, uh, you know, the, this has been a good discussion. I, I think, uh, you know, it's something that uh, a lot of people really need to think about. Uh, whether you're for it or against it, it, it's definitely still something that, that you know, you gotta, you got to think about. And, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, you mentioned to it before we hit the record button, you know, this, this isn't you versus the game fishing parks. The, the, you know, you're not trying to make it out that, that they're doing a poor job in, in managing the resource at all. But, uh, I, I think more than anything, like I said, you know, you're just trying to get people to start thinking about this stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that, you know, it, like you said, it's, it's nothing against saying that the game of fish is doing something wrong or saying that I'm against guiding and outfitting. I'm not like I'm, if, if that's what you want to do for a living and you enjoy what you do for a living by 110% support. Yeah. You know, cause you know, I, I'll tell you, we, before, you know, between Christmas and New Year's, I went out fishing for about seven, eight days in a row. And lucky. It wore on me, and I couldn't imagine it doing every day ice fishing for three months. Yeah, I, I, no I, doubt about that. You know, um, you know, so I, I, I 110 support all the guides and outfitters, and I don't want to put them in a bad spot or anything, or I'm not trying to be negative in one way shape or form it's just something that i think needs to people i think kind of need to open their eyes and just kind of realize some things so yeah now now if any of the listeners uh you know feel strongly about this uh you know are are interested in more information uh want to show their support uh how, how do they go about that clint um so um, there's a, well, if they're really serious about it, they can reach, you know, shoot me a message on Facebook or whatever, and I can copy and paste and send them the link to the petition page on the Game Fishing Parks website. Uh, I can give them the rule ID number for the yellow perch limits. There is currently not a rule for guiding of any way, shape, or form right now, so they do not have a rule in place for that, or rule number, I should say. Um, I can give that to them if they want to type up a petition themselves and submit it they sure can it's actually it's actually pretty simple and easy to do um what i did is i just typed it up on you know a word document and just copied and pasted it into the into the body where you need to put it so okay all right now now how long does this process now that now that you've officially sent this off uh, you know you've gotten a reply uh you know it's is this something that uh you know, is there a, is there a court date for say, and then a ruling, or I mean, is this how, how does what does it look like? You know, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, you know, all the people like the two biologists and the game warden that I've talked to, um, they straight up told me that yes, your opinion will get looked at, and you know, you'll find out one way, shape, or form. Um, but as far as the timeline on it, they didn't really say. You know, I'm just guessing with anything state, government-wise, it's... It's not, not going to be fast. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess, well, the game where I talked to, he said, yeah, definitely nothing will happen this winter, for sure. Um, and, you know, as far as charging a guide fee, it's going to have to go through legislation and probably have to be voted on. Yep. So... Huh. Well, maybe you'll get say, maybe you'll get to invo- uh, enjoy a ten perch limit uh, during retirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. I guess, gosh, that's a long ways from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I, and I, 
gosh, I hope I'm not opening up a can of worms on this deal and get a bunch of hate mail or anything like that. But Well, no, you're doing it the right way. I mean, you're you're going through the proper steps. Like Scott said earlier, you're not just, you know, getting on social media and just like voicing your opinion and thinking that these should changes. You are trying to make the changes happen the way that, you know, we're supposed to take the proper steps to do it. A lot of us can sit back here and say, you know, Oh, the, the limit should be 10. You know, all the resources are, you know, getting depleted. Something needs Game to be fish done. Game fishing parks suck. Yeah, and we just sit back here and we, like, we'll say it, and nobody ever, you know, stand, steps action. up and takes yeah. action. And, 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 you know, kudos to you for, you know, for taking action in something that you're passionate about. Yeah, because, I mean, it's kind of like complaining about the president and he didn't even vote. Yep, yep. that's so, exactly right. The same thing, exactly. So. Yep. You can you can bitch and moan all you want, but if you're not willing to make a change and step up to the plate, then you really don't have a mean to complain. <laughs> you've right. got, you've you got to stand up. for something or you'll fall for anything. <laughs> I heard that one time. <laughs> Was that Don Cox? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, but no. You know, if any of the listeners out there, if they got questions or whatever, um, yeah, by all means, uh, shoot me a message on Facebook and. I'll, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just be honest. I'm kind of green. I'm just kind of, kind of flying by the seat of my pants on it. I don't know everything, but I'm trying to do with the information that I have, I guess. So, right. And I think that, you know, for you, uh, you know, you messaged me what, two, three days ago and just kind of said, Hey, here, here's something to think about. Uh, you know, maybe kind of mention it on the show. And I'm like, hell, (laughs) we're going to put you on the show. So I, I mean, I will say that this probably has all happened pretty fast for you, but, uh, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on and, and, and talking about it and, you know, either, either, like I said, I think that this is going to be one of those things where people are going to be a hundred percent for it or a hundred percent against it. But I appreciate you, uh, you know, stating your opinion and, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in the next couple of years. That's all we can do. And I, I want to say, you know, thanks for having me on. Um, I didn't think that would really happen, but <laughs> yeah, no, no. I appreciate yeah. you, know, you know, taking, you know, taking the time and, and having me on. I do. So awesome. Well, uh, um, yeah, well, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe a year or two from now we'll have you back on again to talk about uh, a 10-perch limit and, you know, whatever. Talk, yeah. talk about yeah. getting it done. So uh, we appreciate you taking time uh, out tonight. And, and uh, you know, we just appreciate you. You know, at, at the end of the day, no matter what people think about your your proposed things here, you're doing this because you care about the fish and and about you know northeast south dakota and and no one can fault you there Mm -hmm. yeah it's a special i want it to continue to be a special place absolutely so so all right clint uh we appreciate it and uh we'll talk at you later yep sounds good thanks guys you bet yep bye and there he goes. That was Clint Hay uh, from Brookings, South Dakota. Uh, he's, he had he had a lot of interesting information there, um, you know. And, and like I mentioned uh, uh, before, we let him go. Um, he he's only doing this because he cares. Yeah. Uh, you know whether whether you're for it or against it. Uh, you know you, you don't don't go on and bash him. Like you you can be against it, and 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 that's fine. But uh, he, he's he's not doing it because he's against anybody. He's doing this because he cares for for the resource. 
and definitely does and like i said he's he's actually doing something about it taking a stand and uh you know standing up for what he believes in and yep. uh if that's that's what it takes then you know go if you feel passionate about it like you said scott go on there and, and sign the peti- petition yep yep so oh, all right um i think we've got uh do you have a pizza review this week? i do have a pizza review um this week's pizza review let me find it real quick here um caesar's meat lovers pizza and caesar's is uh not little caesar's this is caesar's Caesar's, like uh out of sanborn iowa oh okay not the real caesar's caesar's pizza out of like caesar like the greek yeah like like brutus caesar holy this is the dude this is he actually lived here yeah, yeah. Did Caesar actually live here? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, this is Caesar's Meat Lovers Pizza. Um, apparently, this is the one that's in all the bars in Northwest Iowa. That's uh, the lady that sold it to me. Uh, I actually bought it down at Babcock Meat Locker oh, in Alton. Nice. Uh, was down there picking up my deer meat and uh, saw that sitting in there. And Ramrod was like, man, you got to get that. And I'm like, you bet your ass I do. <laughs> and I thought, well, since I'm in a meat locker, I better get meat lovers. And... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good frozen pizza. I don't know where the hell you can all buy them, but uh, it's distributed by Caesar's Pizza, Sanborn, Iowa. And uh, I don't know, if you're if you're in Iowa, uh, you know, this maybe this is going to be the new famous one because, uh, um, let me get to my notes, uh, $9.50, I believe is what it was. So, so it's a little bit higher, uh, you know, probably in the premium uh, pizza category. Uh, good size, good toppings, great toppings is what I'll go ahead and say. Uh, it had a really good sauce and, and plenty of it. All you know, right. it wasn't one of those pizzas that, you know, they just kind of drizzle a little bit of wasn't sauce. It wasn't a dry it. pizza. Nope. Uh, plenty of sauce, plenty of good toppings. Uh, like I said, it was the meat lovers. Um, just overall, like it was one of those deals, like where you looked at it and it was like, you know what? Like there's, there's a lot of topping there oh, that yeah. like, you know, that. You weren't looking down and seeing crust. You were looking down and seeing topping. You were looking down and seeing mozzarella cheese, and I appreciate that. Uh, the crust is, I'm going to say, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. It, right. This wasn't the best not, crust I've ever had, great, um, not, but right. it but it was it was better than average. Uh, it I mean, if I, if I was to rate just the crust, I'd probably give it like a six point eight. But I'm but I'm rating the whole pizza. Um, I liked that. Uh, I like that it's uh, a local pizza, you know, small town deal. Um, it it had some crunch on that crust, also. Uh, overall, uh, I I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, if they sold them here in town, I'd probably buy three a week. Eight point five. Eight point five. Eight point five. Eight point five for Caesar's, Caesar's pizza. pizza. Yep. Uh, I, I, I'm, I don't want to drive all the way over to Babcock Locker again, but I'll do it if I need to. Uh, it was good. It was really good. All right. Really good. Like, I, I don't know if I've had an 8.5. I don't think you have. I don't think I have neither. And uh, I'm going to go out and say here, I don't think that I've had a frozen pizza better than this one. Oh, wow. And, and last impressive. week, that North Dakota Pizza Corner, that was good. Right. Like, I mean, that was good. I think that was uh, – you know, but I, I think – I think this might have just been a little smidgen better. Nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I was impressed. I was impressed. Like this, I said, I'm gonna have to get me one and give it a try. You get. You bring a girlfriend over to your house. 
and you cook her this pizza, she'll let you go fishing whenever you want. <laughs> like I'm telling you, that's that's, that's that what this is. That's what this is. So that type of pizza is it? Now let me ask you, Scott, on your pizza. Um, when you have a leftover slice that's been sitting there for a while, cold, are you eating frozen pizza cold or are you putting it in the microwave and warming it up a little bit? Well, I don't want to brag, Matt, but I very seldom leave any slices. I was going to say, I, was, I very know that seldom leave any slices. I say, used you to happen, always... say you happen to make three pizzas, um, okay, and you have like one or two slices left. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to put it back in the fridge. You, what what I'm gonna do is that pizza is gonna get left on the counter all night long. Oh yeah, you got there's no, it's frozen pizza, right? I mean, so so I'm gonna eat the main, uh, you know, all but one slice at probably six, and chances are, come eight thirty, I get out of the shower. I'm gonna go watch about a half hour, forty five minutes of uh, of um, TV before I end up going to bed. You know, I'm about a nine fifteener. Uh, that's, uh, that's when I like to go to bed. So chances are about eight 30, I'm probably going to house that last one. But if I do, I'm going to put it in the fridge and, uh, I, I am going to put it back in the microwave. Yeah. Not all the way. Don't no, I, not all the way. Bit. I just, I don't like, I don't want it cold, nope. but I, I, I'm I'll real good with right. room temperature. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I like it. Like if, if I, we've got some leftover Casey's or pizza ranch pizza and I put like four or five on the plate, I like it when the outside ones is a little bit warm, but the inside one's yep. still a no, little I bit cold. About, yeah. yeah. You know that that's about 33 seconds. Yep. That's where that, that'll get you right <laughs> exactly there. About right. 33. It's like you put this in for 34, didn't you? Yeah. You ruined it. Yeah. Now I'm burning the roof of my mouth. <laughs> 33 seconds. That's how long you put pizza All in right. the, in the microwave for, All but right. Uh, no, I, that, uh, it was good pizza, good pizza. If I can, and, and they got breakfast pizzas, they got, uh, they had all different sorts of kinds, but I did the meat lovers. And if I do it again, I'm going to get meat lovers again. And if, if I can find five of them, I'm gonna buy all five. But so that's just, if we have any listeners down in the Sanborn area and your kids are doing, uh, any fundraisers for pizza, frozen pizza, bet sales, your ass send them call, up my way. call up Scott Sturman, get in contact with Scott Sturman and I'll buy it. Your kid's going to win. Yeah, I'll buy your whole band new uniforms. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, I'm thinking it is time for the Freedom Brew. Freedom Freedom Brew. Brew, The best coffee shop in the whole entire world. Our buddies Austin and Brianna over in Larchwood, Iowa. Freshest ingredients. Like... I'm, I'm just telling you guys, like, this This is more than just uh, slinging coffee. Like, yeah, this is right, like a yeah. passion for them. And, uh, and you can tell. It, yeah, you can. Passion in every cup. We had Freedom Brew right out on the ice yep. the other day. Austin brought out a big old... Uh, uh, one of those deals that you pump it and, and he, so, so this is, this is how this goes. He was worried about what time we were going to be out there because he needed that coffee to be fresh. <laughs> you know, like he right. didn't, he didn't like, want to bring it out there at eight o'clock if we weren't coming out till 10 because you know, then it was two hours old. Trust me, coffee on the ice. <laughs> it could be eight days old and people are like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that's good, good coffee. Stuff. Nope, he needed it to be fresh because that's the type of dude that he is. That's the type of coffee that you're buying when you go to Freedom Brew. And um, it's the best. Plain and simple, it's the best. So, All right. Um, good news my stories. good news story. Uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay, what you got? Uh, I'm just going to give a shout out um, to Rowan Ostra. Yeah? You know, um, his dad listens to the show 
quite often. Uh, Rowan got invited by the Sioux County Conservation Board in Oak Grove Park on January 21st, public ice fishing clinic at Sandy Howell from 9 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And this year's special guest instructor will be ninth grader Rowan Ostra from Sioux Center. He's an avid fisherman and is on the Clam Outdoors Junior Pro team. Um, they're going to have an indoor session at the Sleepy Howl or Sandy Howell Clubhouse from 9 to 10 a.m., followed by ice fishing for your fam family from 10 to 11.30. Um, so definitely go on there, check it out, go down there. It's always pretty cool to see a youngster like that with a passion and doing what they're doing, uh, putting on kind of like a little clinic. Yep. Yep, I like so, that. I, I saw that and uh, thought that was awful, awfully cool. So, Yep, that's my good news story of the week. You bet. Uh, my good news story, uh, it, it, you know, I don't know how good it is. I just thought it was really cool. Um, but uh, uh, the other night, the other day, the other morning, uh, when, when the Gens crew was here, uh, they spent the night over at a hotel. The Cox crew was over here. And uh, the night before, we had run over to the hotel just to kind of make a game plan. And uh, uh, David said he didn't want to wake up very early. And uh, he had said, hey, do you got any breakfast restaurants here? And, and really, we didn't. Uh, we don't have one here in town. But uh, the next morning, uh, we left it up to Dave to uh, give us a call, let us know when uh, he wanted to get rolling. And uh, he said, wasn't going to be early. And he was right. It wasn't early. At about 8.30, he finally uh, gave us a call and, you know, said that he was ready to go. And at that point in time, my wife had said, hey, you should uh, go to the bistro at the hospital. And our hospital's got a, a, a nice little cafeteria bistro, uh, serves a really mean breakfast. Our buddy Adam Top is the chef there. Um, and so I, I texted back, uh, you know, to, to Dave and Kathy and I said, Hey, you know, our, our hospital has a bistro. Would you be interested in going and getting breakfast there? And, and yep, we had to do that. And you know, it was, I just thought it was a really cool deal that, uh, um, you know, th this obviously is a fishing trip, but we didn't hit the ice until like 10 30. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, breakfast first, yep. <laughs> breakfast first. And I just thought that it was, it was just kind of funny. It was just kind of cool. And, uh, um, it, it was, it was fun getting there, having breakfast and, and, you know, it was really cool too. you know, Adam top, like I said, he's, he's the chef there. He's a nice fisherman. We go yep. fishing with topper all the time. And, uh, you know, what, what a cool deal for him though, you know, to, to be at work and, you know, just doing your thing, making breakfast and all of a sudden like this is who I'm making breakfast for. Like, yeah. hell yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yep. So, uh, I, I don't know if, if that's a good news story or just a cool story or whatever, is. but, uh, uh, that's mine this week. And, uh, what'd you have? They had a grand slam breakfast, uh, on sale or, or I shouldn't say on sale, but, uh, that was the special, special. and it was two pancakes, two eggs, uh, thing of toast, hash browns, whatever. <laughs> Six dollars and fifty cents. Can't be <laughs> that. They're oh, almost man. paying you to eat it. That any cheaper and good night. All, all they needed to do was throw a frozen pizza in on. That. <laughs> but uh, uh, nope, uh, heck, that that was fun. So, uh, oh, I guess uh, I think that's going to be episode two hundred three. And uh, we appreciate you guys uh, for joining in. Um, appreciate you guys for listening if you haven't uh, hit the the like button hit the subscribe button do whatever the hell you do on your particular platform and uh yeah we'll uh, call an end to 203 we'll see you next week on 204 later